Welcome to Dharma Glimpses, an introduction to the profound treasury teachings of Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, taught by Judy Leaf. In this episode, Judy discusses three aspects of materialism, physical, psychological, and spiritual materialism. Welcome. Today I'd like to talk a little bit about materialism, which is a theme that comes up often in Trungpa Rinpoche's teaching. When he first came to the Western world, he was struck by the opulence and also by the power of materialism, the obsession or intoxication with materialistic success. His book, Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, dealt particularly with how this is manifested in terms of the realm of religion and spirituality. But he talked about it in a much broader sense in many aspects of our life. He referred to this as kind of a spell or a thick black fog or an intoxication of mind where we're dominated uh, by a particular view that is actually not that healthy or uplifting, and that is the view of materialism. It's not really a view. It's almost like we're uh, lorded over. We're completely entranced by this quality of materialism, and we view things in this kind of a solid and fixed way so often. So we can explore this in in your own experience, and, and I've looked at it and continue to do so within my own experience, in the sense of how we look at our world altogether. How do we view our experiences altogether in relation to things, our relation to thoughts, and our relation to spirituality? The word materialism has many meanings, and I'll be talking about three forms of materialism that we can look into and examine in our own experience. But there's more of a general sense of materialism, I think, is very dominant in how we view things in our world as kind of dead objects. Uh, how we view our environment and, to some degree, other people as uh, a functional objects that function either for our benefit or as a threat, but very much not seen in and of themselves, but only in relationship to our plans and schemes. So the sense of not seeing the vitality in life and things and not having a real sense of appreciation but more of a sense of just sorting things out. Always, oh, is this for me? Is this against me? Is, can I use this? Should I get rid of this? Uh, is this person important or is that person a nothing, nobody that I don't have to relate to at all? There isn't, there's some kind of deadening of uh, quality and also a sense of very fixed quality or habit of viewing things so much in this way. Of course, you know, we need to see what's beneficial to us and what would help us and what would harm us. But it goes beyond that. It's a a sense of taking everything that way. So we never just see and simply appreciate the colors, the shapes, the forms, the qualities, the personalities, the styles, any of that. So there's a kind of a general sense of materialism. It's connected with a, a scientific view, but narrow scientific view, not the kind of scientific approach that's marked with awe and respect as Einstein so often presents, in a sense of awe and a sense of the amazing quality of experience altogether. But with that being said, I'd like to go deeper and look into three aspects of materialism having to do with how we 
deal with objects, how we deal with our thoughts, and how we deal with spirituality. When I first heard the word materialism, when I have heard it, I just think of things and greed and possessiveness and needing to own things, sense of ownership, and the constant pattern of being entranced by something, obsessing about something to the sense of buying it, and then soon it becomes less interesting until another thing, we need to buy another thing and another thing and another thing. There's never really enough things. And there's a kind of pathetic or needy quality of just needing to surround or bury ourselves with things. It's like the bumper sticker, he who dies with the most toys wins. It's kind of looking for happiness in some ways through ownership, looking at things as in our world as things that can be owned. There's not any notion of living on borrowed time. We're all living on borrowed time. So the notion of ownership is highly questionable. So what we might call material materialism is the most obvious surface level of materialism, but there are subtler levels. So I'd like to talk about a second level of materialism, which has to do with a psychological materialism, materialism having to do with thoughts and ideologies and views and opinions. Uh, it's the same kind of solidifying process and the same way of using materials to feed ourselves and to secure ourselves in a certain way. Uh, and you can see how this comes about in solid views about ourselves, solid views about others, at the individual level, but on a broader level, there are whole ideologies created, whole psychological uh, interpretations or ways of looking at things, structures that, that kind of aim ourselves to see things in a particular way, a very attached, as in a physical materialism, we're very attached to things. In psychological materialism, we're very attached to our ideas about things. We have fixed views. Uh, nobody can persuade us to see otherwise when we are in the uh, under the sway of uh, psychological materialism. So that is uh, equally powerful. In some ways, harder to deal with because it's not so obvious. You can can't see a person's thoughts about everything piled up in their house. I can can see their objects and all their possessions. But we possess. It's another way of possession. We possess thoughts, and we hold to our thoughts. And once we have structured our worldview, our ideologies, our view of ourselves and others, then we're pretty much created a, a little prison for ourselves, and everything is viewed through the prison of our particular ideologies and uh, habitual ways of thinking about things. So that's the second, so physical materialism, psychological materialism. And the third, even more subtle, is what Trungpa Rinpoche referred to as spiritual materialism. In some ways, since we think of spirituality as such a high thing, a special thing, with spiritual materialism, we can feel that we're above it all. We can feel we're above it all and yet be totally materialistic or just using a different fuel for our ego. We're using spiritual 
practice, which is designed to lighten the ego, lighten our self-absorption and self-fixation, and instead using it to boost our ego. We can wear fancy robes. We can have special experiences. We can feel superior to other people. More spiritual, quote, quote, spiritual, such a trap. Uh, and the religiosity, spirituality, not as something that's freeing ourselves, but it's just trapping ourselves in a much more sophisticated way. And you could say even then liking things or greedy for more and more things or liking ideas and uh, fixating on certain ideas. This way we fixate on this glorious sense of our special insight into uh, reality, our special connection with great teachers or profound teachings. And we're just using those as credentials rather than actually doing the work of working with ourselves, freeing ourselves from ego fixation. These three forms of materialism show up on large scales throughout history. And you think about major conflicts, what do people fight over? They fight over territory, they fight over things, they fight over ideologies, and they fight over religion. So these are not just trivial things to look into. These are forces that have caused so much suffering and pain throughout world history. I encourage you to reflect on how you relate to these three types of materialism. How you relating to your physical world, how you relate to your thinking, your thoughts and ideas, and how you're relating to your spiritual journey or your religion. The good news is we can change our approach to all three of these things so that instead of constricting us or confining us, they can instead be pathways to liberation. If we cut through materialism, we can liberate our thoughts, we can liberate our relationship to our environment, and we can liberate our relationship to spirituality. Thank you for joining me for this glimpse of Dharma. This podcast is made possible through the support of the Hamera Foundation. To learn more about Judy Leaf's teachings, publications, and retreats, or to contribute to the support of this podcast, please visit judyleaf.com.